All right. Welcome back in. Appreciate you all making it through these tough times. Appreciate everyone out there for listening in to the program. We are back at it. We are still talking college basketball here in the midst of May. Can you believe it? Yes, I am that person who's like, oh my goodness, can you believe it's May already? And by that person, I am Jonas Nordman. Thank you so much for listening to the Believe and Jayhawks basketball program. Yes, again, talking college basketball, even though college basketball hasn't happened for basically two and a half months now. No big deal. We find content. Yes, we do. We find content. How about you? Here's what we are going to talk about today. Here on, I'm recording this on Wednesday, May 6th. Did I celebrate Cinco de Mayo? No. I'm a white guy. It's also, you know, what? it's just a little bit different. We're all, we're all separated. Seems a little weird to have a Corona beer, right? In the midst of coronavirus. So no. Didn't even have any tacos or burritos or enchiladas or taquitos. Although a taquito does sound great right now. Here's what we're going to talk about, though. I am aware of the allegations and what's happening with the NCAA. Once again, this show does not line up well with news that is happening. Get to that in just a second. We're going to talk a little season tickets. Big news there, actually, all things considered. And then I will resume our tour and our retrospective of the season that was. I have another player who is big in stature and will have a big influence on next season. So again, I am recording this on Wednesday, May 6th. It is national nurse recognition day, uh, respect and, and show some appreciation to those out there doing the Lord's work. Uh, don't be a dip who stands in the faces again and yells at those who are putting their lives and their immune systems and their livelihood in the line. You know, this isn't a political show, right? But I think there's some pretty simple stuff we can abide by. Right. Cool. Um, yeah. For whatever reason, I do have a unusually a large amount of nurses and such in my life. In fact, I live with a nurse, an ER nurse. So big ups, props. Thank you so much to all of you doing some just amazing work out there. Uh, time schedules, the outfits they're now wearing, the stuff they deal with on a regular basis, even when it's not the middle of a pandemic. Uh, much appreciation. Keep doing what you do because the world will not function without you. But I do not have the mental capacity to go much deeper than that. This is a college basketball program. The Believe in Jayhawks basketball show on the Believe Podcast Network. Your number one podcast network for professionals. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Here is what I believe. I believe the timing of this program and this show cannot catch a break. Let me see if I can remember all the different instances. Very first episode, right after the, the fight at the Fieldhouse, K-State KU, Silvio de Sosa. The whole premise of the show was the suspensions won't come out yet. Only five games for Silvio de Sosa, like literally an hour later after posting his 12 game suspension comes down. Uh, there was, of course, I know I'm skipping one here. I'm, I'm forgetting something. There was, of course, 
talking about the NCAA tournament with no fans. Oh, big deal, but at least we're going to have basketball. At least we're going to be safe. Bang. I think the very next day, while people are listening to the episode, uh, the whole thing just got canceled. And so here we are again. I have a schedule. The people expect it. So I'm recording this when I am. But Seth Davis of The Athletic, one of the more reputable writers out there, tweeting an hour ago as I sit here, breaking the NCAA has delivered its reply to Kansas's response to the notice of allegations regarding potential violations in its basketball program. The Athletic has learned. KU likely to issue statement and or documents today or later this week. So I'm not going to comment on this quite yet or really go in depth likely because Kansas still has comments to make. Uh, Obviously, we have not seen anything from the NCAA. This is just Seth Davis saying they have sent their response. This is all part of the process, and I turn to Jesse Newell, at Jesse Newell, one of the, if not the best, beat writers for Kansas basketball. Him, Matt Tate, you know, these are pros, pros, who go much farther in depth than just, boy, this guy sucks at basketball, blah, blah, blah. Jesse Newell works for, or he writes for, the KC Star. Yeah, the Kansas City Star. And so he, he did tweet also about an hour ago. This is all part of the process. This is just another step in the whole machination of Kansas versus the NCAA. So now the NCAA has responded to the allegations or to the, I guess they have responded to Kansas's response a couple, a couple months ago. And now KU can read through it and put something out themselves either later today or sometime this week. So because of that, I have some season ticket news. Kansas has lowered its men's basketball season tickets quite dramatically. And we'll get to the details and the raw numbers, but it all starts with one overarching question. And I sort of posed a question like this for another topic recently, but I am a cynic. So really as Kansas is lowering these season tickets for men's basketball, by far it's number one revenue producer. This is a big athletic program in the big 12, big money. And a lot of that big money comes from this program. Other schools, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, these huge revenue programs, they make it off of football, right? But no, KU is the the rare school that relies a lot on its basketball program, which is tough. They do have more home dates as opposed to college football. Smaller venues, though. Fewer players on the team, which is good for them because they don't have to support as many players on the roster. But really, it's the venues, right? Only 16,000. 16,300 for Allen Fieldhouse is pretty big in the grand scheme of college basketball. Not the same as Syracuse, who plays in a literal football stadium. They just have it off. But compare that to Bryant Denny at Alabama, 100 plus thousand. That's a lot of people at a high price. Compare that to the Horseshoe at Ohio State, 100 plus thousand. High price. So, yeah. It's a, it's a different animal, but so 
For Kansas Athletics, the University of Kansas Athletic Department, the lower prices, what's the reasoning here? It's obviously one of two things. Or perhaps even a combination. But it is these two reasons. One, diluted product. NCAA is going to come down hard, drop the hammer. The season will not have as much purpose. It'll be fun. It'll still be a distraction for the people. You can still go to the games. But hey, they may not really be playing for anything. That's something that they would know that we do not yet. Or two, COVID-19, right? And this is what they talk about in the press release from Kansas Athletics. They say we know that our fans are going through hard times. They will be emerging from this pandemic, struggling. And that's fair. And it's probably true. They said that we talked with the fans. We learned that the prices were not really aligned with the views and the seat locations. So what they did, they used to only have three price tiers. And by that, I mean, if you look at a map of Allen Fieldhouse, they would, at the, if this was this time last year, they would have had three different colors shaded on the map. One color called the crimson would have been this price, no matter where the seats were. Call it blue, the second price tier. No matter where you sat in the blue section, that's the price of your season tickets. And then the third color, we'll just call it yellow, you know, for like the Jayhawk peak, right? Or the boots. The rest of the stadium would have been one price. So they increased from three price tiers to eight, and they are affordable. This is, I mean, if, if you're living in the area and you think you're going to have the funds, I mean, this is not a bad idea. So last year seemed like a pretty, I think that was a standard year, right? In terms of a home schedule. They played 15 home games, 17 if you count the exhibitions. So we'll call it 17 games. The lowest price ticket is 500 per person. So 500 divided by 17. You're looking at $29 per game. That's not bad. Where are those seats? I mean, they're the upper corners. Don't get me wrong. But I've sat up there. You can see the action. It's 16,300 people. There's not really a bad view in the place. So, let's start getting a little bit lower. Let's, let's call it corners above the first walkway. That's a blue section. That is, excuse me, 1275. So, blah, 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 divide by 17. That's $75 per game. And when you consider that some of the massive games that will be coming in, USC, the Baylor game, Texas will be pretty solid, West Virginia. On the secondary market, those are going to be nuts couple hundred, I'm sure, especially for that Baylor game. Plus the K-State rematch. The fans at the Fieldhouse will be fuming. They want to get at those Wildcats. Now, I have not gotten to the kicker here. All tickets do require a Williams Fund donation or contribution. Um, I'm not familiar with how it works. I don't know if it's a per seat. I don't know if it's $100 or whatever the cost is. Um, covering a certain amount of tickets. Uh, I used to work for uh, a different university where you had to pay, uh, depending on where your seats were, the equivalent of the Williams Fund, and it covered up to four seats. So I don't know how Kansas Athletics does it. But these seats are available to the, 
to the public August 3rd. And look, if you're in the area, there's no better time. This might be the year to do it, right? Because depending on COVID-19, depending on the NCAA, they could fire those ticket prices right back up the very next year. I can't imagine they'd do it all at once. They're lowering the cost by about 45% this year. I can't imagine they're going to make up that difference immediately as opposed to like incremental raises. But this could potentially bring in some fresh blood, bring in some more rowdy fans or some rowdier fans. It's tough. I didn't go to a game last year. I'm not saying the crowd got a little wine and cheese and sit on their hands. The student section, it is what it is. When you start having fans that are comfortable and have been there for years and are too cool for school, no, maybe these new price tiers and these lower prices brings in an influx of, we'll just call it a different crowd. And by the way, that Missouri game at the Sprint Center, that is KU's technical hosting game. It's not a home game, obviously. It's a neutral site. But Missouri is going to get their game at the Sprint Center at the tail end of this series. It's only available for season ticket holders. They're going to go through their allotment of season ticket holders first. If you want to talk about secondary prices or secondary market prices at the Sprint Center for KUMU, that'll be through the roof. So give it a look if you're in the, if you're in the area or if you have the means. I know it's a weird time. I know not everyone that's listening to this is necessarily in the Kansas City, Lawrence area. But it is interesting. And, and I think the main thing to keep in mind is, what's going on here? Right? NCAA, coronavirus, a little of both, a pinch of this, pinch of that. Because athletic departments are really not in the business of throwing a bone to the fans. Trust me. I would love to sit here and say, they're doing this for the fans. Athletic departments really care about us. Call up, call me a cynic again, which I am. But at this point, I'm well aware that our favorite pro teams, our favorite collegiate teams are just major businesses that are in the entertainment business. You know, the team like the Boston Red Sox doesn't want to go over the luxury tax, so they trade off their generational superstar in Mookie Betts and get a pretty low return. They're a business. The margins didn't necessarily work out. Kansas Athletics is a business. They are doing what they feel is probably best here. This is the first time they have lowered prices since 2008 slash 2009, which I believe that was my freshman year. Hey, how about that? So that was... It's interesting. So that's the year after they win the national championship. A year you really could have raised prices, right? Demand was at an all-time high. Not that demand for Kansas basketball ever goes down, but this is the year they're coming off a national championship. But they lost everybody, right? Chalmers, Jackson, Kahn, Russell Robinson, Darrell, Arthur, Brandon Rush, all left. They lost their entire starting five. They bring back Sharon Collins. They bring back Cole Aldrich. So maybe the athletic department's sitting there like, we're making a ton off of merchandise right now, national champions. We're making a ton off of DVDs. We don't know what this team's going to be like. We have these freshmen named Tyshawn Taylor and the Morris Twins and Travis Relford. We don't really know how this team's going to go. Oh, they still won the Big 12. 
Then they raised the prices, and it's, it hasn't looked back since. So get after it. If you've always wanted those Kansas basketball season tickets, this is the time to do it. Regardless of what the NCAA does and the type of hammer that they do or do not drop on the on the program, I'd still want to go to Allen Fieldhouse for a reduced rate. But do keep in mind those William Fund contributions. I don't know how that plays into it. Ask your season ticket representative or whatever. All right. You are listening to the Believe in Jayhawks basketball program with a side of sports economics. Let's move on in our journey. Oh, by the way, if you want to advertise, it's a tough time for everybody. Help a brother out. Just go to Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V, click the advertising tab. The rest is self-explanatory. I sort of put our uh, team retrospective or look at the season that was on hiatus the last couple of weeks. We've had topics. We've had stuff to talk about. We talked about Bill self. I'm going to pick it right back up here with a big man in the middle. Who are we talking about today? He's a 6'10 forward slash center. Big man. 6'10, 265 pound sophomore out of Norfolk. Norfolk. They have a weird pronunciation down there. He's out of Virginia. You haven't figured it out? It is Big Dave, David McCormack. And for those of you online, it is McCormack, M-C, big C, O-R-M-A-C-K. It's pr- pronounced, of course, McCormack. People spell it M-I-C-K. It's Big Mac. Interesting year for David McCormack. 6.9 points per game. Very nice. 4.1 rebounds per game. The blocks were not necessarily there. Average less than one block per game, 0.4. Did shoot 52.9, so call it 53% from the field. And not a bad stroke from the free throw line. 81.3% free throw shooter. Talking about a big man here. We know about Yudoka Azabuki, who barely even shot 40%. David McCormack's up there shooting 81. So the real story of McCormack's season is told through the games played and the games started number. This is a guy who started 14 of the first 15 games of Kansas this year. He played in 29. He started 18. And his minutes per game, excuse me, were 14.7 minutes per game. You would think, oh, this is a guy who is sort of a part-time starter. You know, got his minutes. But it was really a tale of two years for Big Dave. Like I said, started 14 of the first 15. I, I forget, there was a game where DeSosa started, sort of middle of the first half of the year. I, I don't remember if it was a disciplinary or just because Bill Self was trying out a, lo- a lineup combo. Because remember, KU started off the year with the two bigs starting every game. It was McCormack. It was Azabuki, and then it was Dotson, Garrett, and Ochai Baji. Tons of turnovers. The two big men just did not fit well together. It was like putting a round peg in a square hole or vice versa. They're two true centers or two true big men who did not pass it well. So the double teams would come. They could not get out of those double teams. The spacing wasn't there. They won 
KU was winning games, we could tell that something was amiss. Something stunk about the way that they were playing. But then that Kansas State game happened. And he was suspended after it. He did start the game against Texas on February 3rd when Yudoka Azabuki was essentially being disciplined. I remember he was being grumpy. He was complaining to his teammates about not getting him the ball. But after that, Big Dave came off the bench for the final eight games of the year. Only played 15 minutes in that Texas game as it was. Started it. Didn't even play in half of the game. Did have a handful of strong games. 17 points versus Monmouth. 16 points versus BYU in Maui. 28. His best game of the year. 28 points against UMKC when he shot 11 of 14. I remember that game. Hyper-efficient. Everything he threw up was going in, getting rebounds. Even the shots that he missed, he was getting his own rebound, dunking it. Very strong game in the second Big 12 game of the season at Iowa State. 16 points. That was the game he had that super sick put-back dunk. Uh, they had the shot of the fans in the background, and they're all going, oh. Kind of looked like the screen painting, like, oh, my God, the hands are on the cheeks. What a dunk. Great highlight. Had double-digit rebounds two of his first three games, including the Duke game. Didn't crack double digits 10-plus the rest of the year. The most amazing stat for David McCormick this year, five minutes played in the game of the century at Baylor. Fouled out. Five fouls, five minutes. So where do we go from here for Big Dave? Defensively, he's a little helter-skelter. When you see him moving out there, he moves his feet well, but those hands are, and those arms are sometimes going all over the place, a little akimbo. I'm not sure if he necessarily gets the plan. He's just hyper-athletic. So he's got to lock that down. He's replacing Yudoka Azabuki, essentially, right? The anchor defensively. Everything defensively Kansas did last year was done with the idea, we have this brick wall behind us protecting the rim. We can gamble a bit on the perimeter. David McCormack, decent mid-range shot, right? Like that baseline jumper, 10 to 15 feet out, not too bad. Free throw line and in, not too shabby. Pretty good for a potential pick and pop kind of guy. If Marcus Garrett is running the point primarily, if it's Dewan Harris, who supposedly is the best passer on the team, something to keep an eye out for. David McCormack setting a screen. He either will roll to the basket. He's hyper-athletic, as I just said a couple times. Good for alley-oops. Or perhaps he just hangs out after setting that screen. Hits a couple mid-range jumpers. Not bad. Not a bad option. If you haven't figured it out through our retrospective and our previews, next year's team is going to be very versatile. A lot of interchangeable parts. Uh, This may be the first year where... It's just going to be fluid, seamless basketball. Like even when Kansas was playing four guards this year and, you know, say the Josh Jackson year or uh, the final four year in 2018, they were still pretty set positions with centers that were pretty clearly lumbering, rebound and dunk kind of guys. Think Landon Lucas. But next year with David McCormack, Mitch Lightfoot, these are guys who potentially could be guarding at the perimeter, could be rolling alley-oops, a little bit of potential of shooting from the outside, it's going to be fascinating. But offensively, Big Dave doesn't really have it, right? doesn't really have post moves. 
as Ibuki did, over-the-shoulder hooks. Obviously, he had some little hezzies and some hesitations, dip and dunk, or dip and ducks, followed by a dunk. McCormack doesn't really have that. He relied a lot on his mid-range jumper. Didn't need to. He was on the court with Azubuki a lot. But the potential is there. He's the guy that feels like is right on the precipice. You could say that about Ochai Baji as well, but McCormack doesn't always have the opportunity. He's had a short leash from Bill Self, but it is his time. He started a ton as a freshman when Azubuki got hurt. And all the suspensions and you know the whole nine yards. McCormick got a chance to play a lot as a freshman with not a lot of expectations, truly. Go out there, run around like your head is cut off. Do what you can. We know we're not really going to do much this year. We're not even winning the Big 12 at this point. This past season, Azubuki is back. He is healthy. He is dominating. We're going to play you next to him, but it didn't work. I do believe I mentioned in that episode after the suspension... This is the chance for Kansas to play with four guards. It is clearly their best lineup. It was. They went on to be the presumptive number one team in the, in the country, partly because McCormack was no longer playing alongside Yudoka Azubuki. He'll have that opportunity. I doubt he will play alongside DeSosa again because it did not work this past year. It is his time. Garrett is going to run the point, but he is not a go-to offensive player. They're going to rely on the growth from Anaruna and Christian Brown, who we'll probably get to next week, I would assume, sometime soon. But he's going to also have to take that next step. And if he does, then again, the sky could be the limit for this team, for next year's team. All right. Appreciate everyone listening. I can't believe it. We've gotten through a full show with essentially two topics, right? Two or three topics. I don't care that it's the offseason. There's always something to talk about with Kansas basketball. 24-7, 365, Kansas basketball. This is where it's at. Believe in Jayhawks. I believe that things may be tough right now. It seems to be loosening up, but keep washing your hands. Keep wearing those face masks. Keep your distance. In fact, that applies to even when we're not in quarantine. Keep your distance. I don't want to be next to you. (laughs) you weirdos but i appreciate you listening that's the beauty of a podcast we can interact send me some messages didn't really have any fan interaction this past week whatever at jonas n 310 on instagram would love to hear from you would love to get your thoughts on david mccormack and your thoughts for next year would love to get your thoughts will you be getting season tickets now if you're in the area the prices are there they are affordable Think about it. Let me know. Or let me know why you wouldn't. Maybe the experience on TV is just that much better, which honestly, it kind of is. Who wouldn't want to listen to Jay Billis? But there's also nothing like a day or an evening at Allen Fieldhouse. Thanks again. Stay safe. And as always, Rock Chalk. Snoop Doggy Dog and Dr. Dre is at the dope.